Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this week's Stacker Chat. My name is Gina, and I've been with the Stacks community for roughly four years, joined by Muneev Ali, Stacks founder. How are you, Muneev? I'm good. Um, I'm traveling. I'm in Asia, so you might notice I don't have my usual uh, setup right now. I'm on a mobile device. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us from, from there. I'm excited to catch up on what's been going on in the Stacks community. So for folks who have just joined us, the, the Stacks 2.0 blockchain launched earlier this year, bringing apps and smart contracts to Bitcoin. And we've actually seen a pretty interesting development around uh, the Stacks and Bitcoin chain interactions this week on Twitter. Um, Cyasteria created a thread where he was really highlighting um, the first Bitcoin transaction cross-chain on Stacks. Um, so this was like a community effort. Um, Friedger and Jude Nelson and others really contributed to making it happen, um, but it was really cool to see. Um, so basically, a trustless Bitcoin to Stacks swap uh, is now possible through a Clarity smart contract built on Stacks which really unlocks like Bitcoin purchases for NFTs minted on Stacks um, and a whole world of, of other um, sort of possibilities for developers. And I'd love to dive a little bit deeper here. So Muneeb, what are sort of the takeaways for folks to understand about what, what happened this week? And what are the properties of Stacks that make this uniquely possible um, here as compared to other networks? Yes, I think... Let me let me try to explain what happened uh, through an analogy, right? Uh, I think I think recently um, uh, there was there was this like video uh, I saw on Twitter where uh, Ashton Kutcher is talking about, hey, what is Ethereum? And Vitalik pops in and he describes what Ethereum is, and the way he was describing it was in contrast to Bitcoin. Right? So Vitalik was saying that unlike uh, blockchains like Bitcoin that are specifically designed only around a single application, uh, Ethereum is general purpose. It has smart contracts and uh, you're only limited by the imagination of the developer. Like a developer can basically do anything uh, through smart contracts on that blockchain. So that, that's kind of like the fundamental core difference uh, that you know a lot of people think like. And, and this is where, where I disagree, right? And, and that's almost like the genesis of the, of the Stacks project, that we think that Bitcoin being simple at the base layer is just a technical detail. And more importantly, it is actually a really good design decision. Like you should have the base layer be extremely, extremely simple. And once you have the simple base layer, you can have more complex things like smart contracts uh, around it, right? Uh, but that's in, that thing in some ways is theoretical until you can actually do it, right? Because, because the, the, some of the pushback or criticism you would get is, hey, well, Bitcoin is kind of like a dumb rock. You can only do a Bitcoin transfer transaction. You can't actually interact with, with smart contracts. Where are these smart contracts? Right? And then obviously we built stacks and it had to solve a lot of technical challenges and, and, and the Saks blockchain launch in January. And then people were kind of like saying, okay, fine. These are smart contracts. Yes, they have some interesting interactions with Bitcoin. These are not really Bitcoin transactions, right? Like people are looking for that aha moment where imagine when Ethereum launched and you were able to send your 
first Ethereum transaction that was not a transfer of tokens, but it was a a transaction that was interacting with the smart contract. Whatever the smart contract might be, it could be a swap, it could be a you know ENS name or, or or whatever you're trying to do. So I think what happened last week and what these developers were getting really excited about is it was that aha moment that this is a pure Bitcoin transaction. Like you're actually doing a transaction purely on the Bitcoin network. It is it is going cross-chain. Uh, it is interacting with a smart contract and you're actually doing some sort of a swap, right? And it's like mind blown. And that that goes goes to effectively disprove this idea that Bitcoin cannot have smart contracts or that Bitcoin cannot be general purpose. It, at that point, it's just a layer of indirection. That Bitcoin is the uh, is is the simple base layer, and but the, if you do transactions on Bitcoin, uh, you can interact with smart contracts directly. And I think that's extremely extremely powerful because right now, like out there, not a lot of people know about this, right? Like the general, uh, even the general Bitcoin community at this point does not fully understand. They are so excited about Bitcoin because it is such sovereign money. Uh, it has grown so much in terms of its. Uh, usage as a store of value, and they don't fully uh, grasp the fact that anything you can do on Ethereum or some other kind of like smart contract blockchain, you could actually do it directly on top of the sound money of Bitcoin. That is extremely, extremely powerful. And I think that's 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 what we saw uh, last week. And obviously, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Absolutely. Now, I think one of the properties that, that makes this possible is the native um, Bitcoin proofs that Stacks has insight to. Um, but I am curious if you could talk a little bit more about, you know, what is this, uh, this interaction like as compared to if someone tried to do this on a different network like Cardano or Ethereum, for example? Yeah, so the, the technical detail there is um, the Stacks side. Uh, of the system, it has Bitcoin SPV proofs basically baked in. So in the Clarity smart contracts, developers have almost like native access to Bitcoin SPV proofs. So anything that happens on the on the Bitcoin side, you could very easily prove that this transaction happened and you could actually uh, do something with it. Uh, theoretically, it's possible that you can try to implement these SPV proofs on other blockchains as well. I think there have been some developers who tried doing that on Ethereum, uh, but but over there, like think of it this way: that any smart contract that wants to do it would pretty much have to try and do it themselves. It's not like a native property of the Ethereum blockchain uh, that that any any developer can just benefit from. Plus, Ethereum is a separate blockchain, right? So it's not like tightly linked to Bitcoin. It can fork independently of Bitcoin and so on, whereas Stacks is, is not like that. Stacks is specifically designed uh, to work in a tight integration with Bitcoin. If there's a fork on the Bitcoin side, Stacks actually forks with it uh, and, and so on. So it's basically, uh, think of it this way, that you have a much easier, nicer way of getting these SPV proofs by default uh, in Clarity versus it would be much harder or clunkier to do that on a, on a blockchain that is, that is uh, separate. Absolutely, thank you. Now, I also wanted to catch up with you uh, on Bitcoin DeFi and specifically the TBD project that was recently announced by Jack Dorsey, Twitter CEO. 
Um, now, there's a lot of open questions about the project, a lot of speculation, but it's really an exciting moment. And, um, you know, from your perspective, I'd love to hear sort of your, your reaction to it. Um, and having built in this space for years and specifically, you know, on, on Bitcoin and having tried different variations, what would be maybe your top takeaways uh, for folks that are interested in looking to build DeFi on Bitcoin? Yeah, so I think I think the biggest takeaway for me was that it's a huge validation uh, for Bitcoin DeFi, uh, and it's by the way it's okay to admit that currently in the market uh, there is more developer activity or, or more built out systems uh, that are actually not in in Bitcoin. Like Ethereum by far is the largest ecosystem right now, both in terms of the number of developers, the number of protocols that have been built, the usage of that uh, protocol and so on. And then there are other blockchains as well who are basically trying to enter that space. It's completely fine to acknowledge that, that that is the current state of the market. Uh, but for someone like Square, a mature company, to look at all these options and then decide that no, they want to do it on Bitcoin, I think there is a lot of signal in that. And it's a validation for the, the, the type of reasons because of which Stacks and, and us all have been focusing on Bitcoin as well. And I think the core reason is really that it, it is actually extremely, extremely hard to build sovereign money, to build a decentralized, like fully decentralized uh, network that is sovereign, no one controls it, it maximizes decentralization, it has actually stood the test of time for 10 plus years, like that is a very, very valuable thing. So even if some of the other uh, Lego blocks are missing right now. Like obviously, various developers are building it. Like mostly in the in the Stacks ecosystem, uh, in in the, in the in the broader Bitcoin ecosystem. But that those Lego blocks aren't that mature yet in Bitcoin DeFi. I think that's fine. The interesting thing is that the underlying system is so strong and so desirable that large companies like Square would still go and rather build those Lego blocks. Uh, instead of going and working in some other ecosystem. So it was, a, I think, a huge market validation uh, for Bitcoin DeFi, that this is uh, something that a lot of people are interested in. People who actually deeply think about fundamentals, uh, like, like Jack Dorsey uh, or other people at Square, like they uh, come to the same conclusions, right? So I think, I think that's obviously generally uh, very, very exciting. Uh, some people were asking me about like, hey, you guys should try and talk to, uh, to them. Uh, so I did. I had a brief uh, interaction with Jack Dorsey uh, from the Stacks ecosystem. I can't represent the ecosystem. I can only represent like myself. But I would be uh, more than happy to try and collaborate there because obviously it seems like uh, right now it's just a team and they're thinking about what type of primitives to build and they're just getting started. Uh, we obviously have years of experience of building out these primitives and different Lego blocks and the uh, fundamental things you need for enabling Bitcoin DeFi. And I think there's no need uh, for Square to try and reinvent the wheel. I think we can actually help them a lot. We can we can obviously learn from them uh, and, and and try to uh, kind of like grow the Bitcoin DeFi ecosystem together as much as we can. Absolutely. And really looking forward to developments there and, and seeing what comes next. Um, now, I think that there's just been a lot of excitement in the Bitcoin community generally, some events happening and, um, you know, a lot of interesting conversations when it comes to like Kathy Wood or Elon Musk and Jack Dorsey, etc. Um, 
And one of the questions that that has come up in in various talks this past week was around sort of what are um, the the commitments and contributions to the Bitcoin community that that different folks are working on. And so I was interested to hear from your perspective, you know, both as an individual and um, really Stacks founder, how you see Stacks also fitting into that conversation. Yeah, so I think um, in general, I feel like uh, Stacks and you know some of the early works we we did, and now you know it's a it's a it's a fully decentralized ecosystem. Like it's you know beyond any single person or entity's control. There are so many people who are coming in and independently building in in, uh, in this ecosystem, and they're driven by this idea of building in the broader Bitcoin ecosystem, right? So they are actually. The fact that Stacks is so decentralized actually goes hand in hand with how decentralized Bitcoin is, and and, and it attracts that type of people. And interestingly, uh, I was actually talking uh, I think did well by space, and and uh, Stacks was a major kind of like focus in that review. And we were we were talking about uh, recycling Bitcoin's proof of work. Uh, which is like such an interesting contribution that I don't think we set out to do that. Like we were actually trying to solve some other technical problems, but in trying to solve those problems uh, as a byproduct, uh, we ended up making uh, this potentially really interesting contribution to the Bitcoin ecosystem where um, it's a very strong argument against Bitcoin's energy uh, waste that uh, people basically try to criticize that to do, let's say, a thousand transactions on Bitcoin, you're wasting, you know, X amount of energy. But through proof of transfer, in many ways, we are recycling Bitcoin's proof of work. Uh, we are not spending any additional energy and actually doing thousands of additional transactions. So that drastically reduces the energy footprint per transaction on the Bitcoin side, like by a factor of thousands. And this was like again, uh, it's a it's a byproduct uh, of the work that we did. We didn't we weren't working on the problem of like, hey, let's try to make Bitcoin more energy efficient. But it just happened, and I think that's that's an example of a uh, a very interesting contribution to Bitcoin. Similarly, uh, a lot of, of people have in independently realized that there has been this criticism or uh, potential criticism of Bitcoin that you know uh, decades from now when block rewards become very small, uh, there wouldn't be a lot of incentive for miners to actually mine and there, there might be like weird corner cases. Obviously, all of that is theoretical at this point, but sure, you know, Bitcoin has a fixed schedule. We don't expect Bitcoin's uh, uh, total number of, of uh, coins to ever change. So there will be a time when, when you know, uh, not, not a lot of new tokens are coming out, right? And interestingly, the work that we have done, again, as a byproduct, actually adds a lot of incentives for people to pay really high transaction fees on the Bitcoin network. Because the miners, the Stacks miners are packing so much information uh, in a single Bitcoin transaction, that they're actually aggressively doing replace by fee, uh, right? So if, if the average fee is whatever, they're willing to pay uh, um, like an orders of magnitude more high fees and are aggressively doing replace by fee in the mempool because they absolutely want to make sure that their transaction gets which uh, Nick Carter was describing this as there's a lot of information density in these types of transactions. So they're willing to pay the fees appropriate, not by looking at what's happening in the mempool. They're looking at the total value of the stacks block, which is actually a lot more, and to basically uh, 
So interestingly, from a purely game, game uh, theory perspective, systems like Stacks can actually make Bitcoin more stable in the long run, because now there is enough incentive on the transaction fee side uh, outside of the base economics of Bitcoin, which is, which is again, extremely powerful uh, and, and a very interesting contribution back to the Bitcoin ecosystem. And there are obviously other, other examples as well, but those, those two uh, come to mind. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much uh, for, for your time, Muneeb. Um, that's going to be a wrap for this episode. But thanks to everyone for watching. And um, if you enjoyed this episode, definitely subscribe to the Stacks YouTube channel to be notified of future episodes going live. Um, check out stacks.co for more information on Stacks and hero.so for information on developer tools for Stacks. And thank you again, Muneeb. And see everyone next week. All right. Thanks, everyone.